Welcome back to another episode of DCE Eulogy. That's tough to say. <laughs> it looks better spelt out. <laughs> yeah, it looks better spelt out. Uh, the DCEU Rewatch Podcast. Um, where I, I don't know the formal intro. Do we? Yeah, have no, you got it. It's a spinoff, baby. It's a spinoff pod. We're your co-hosts. I'm Evan, and my name is Alex. And on today's adventure through the DCEU. We're taking it back to the start. What better place to begin than with you know, the begin? very first entry, Man yeah. of Steel. What year did this come out? This came out in 2013. Uh, this is Whoa! The, it's been 10 years since this movie came out. This is the year Haley and I started going out. Um, Ooh. It is, I think, maybe like the first movie date we went on. Uh, we went That's to the theater cute. together. She wasn't crazy about the movie and i don't she hasn't seen many superhero movies with me since but uh mm -hmm. this one holds a special place in my heart i guess i tried to get nikki to watch it with me just yesterday and she could she did like five minutes it was like i need to go do the, this thing <laughs> no they're just that's why we got to get on the podcast and talk about it with each other because we have no one to appreciate these amazing movies with um all right 2013 I'll be honest. Let's just do a little flashback. I'm a busy mm -hmm. man. I'm president of our fraternity. I beat Evan in our race. Sorry. That was not what I was expecting this That's to go. True. I'm president of our fraternity. I got a lot going on. We, we do a ton of stuff. I don't know I saw this in theaters, which is, mm -hmm. which is a mark on me. But yeah. I will say when I saw it on DVD, which back then, probably like a year later, I was only so-so on it. When I rewatched it, yet yeah, like I thought it was good, but yeah. I wasn't like, oh, phenomenal, amazing, like that was fantastic. Upon rewatching, so I've rewatched it twice since then. One was in lockdown for the circle when I had nothing to do. Ooh. I watched it then, and that was my turning point. I, I think I remember texting you if you remember when I was on WhatsApp. I was mm -hmm. like, this movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it holds up. Um, 2013. Mm -hmm. Zack Snyder is on a bit of a hot streak. He had mm. 300 in, I want to say, 08, 09. Okay. He had done uh, Watchmen, the movie adaptation. Oh. Similarly divisive, you know, yes. movie. You uh, love it adaptation. or hate it. And then he also had a smaller one. I, I want to say it's called Sucker Punch. I've never seen it. It is. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens was in that movie. Yeah, you got but it. But he, he was it's a like hot you've director. Seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Cavill, essentially no-name actor. Mm -hmm. um, there was one, like, Greek mythology movie he did. I forget what it's called, but... Okay. I, didn't, uh, I have no idea. I thought this was, like, his first major role. Yeah. Um, but then it, the, the screenplay for this is by David S. Goyer, who wrote, I want, or co wrote Dark Knight and Dark Knight Returns. I didn't know. I remember back then I was, like, probably one of the people, like, Ooh, how do you tell a good Superman story? But I feel like I have – it's been 10 years. I've come like 180 on it. Like Superman is the superhero story. Like you know what yeah. I mean? There's there's no – he is the epitome of what a superhero is. And when you 
when you kind of realize he's that like paragon of hope, if you will, it, it just mm -hmm. puts like a whole new spin on everything he says and does. When you say, how do you tell a good Superman story? This was rebooting because they, Brian Singer of the X-Men movies tried to do a Superman story, which uh, Superman Returns, which was a weird continuation of the Christopher Reeves movies. Uh, they yeah. cast Brandon Routh, who went on to act as the Adam in the CW. Superman had a kid in that. It was it was like it was a s strange entry. So DC was also or Warner Brothers was also trying to figure that out. Man, the CW at this time with the, the, the Warner Brothers, they kept going back and forth. Like yeah. the, I, I was reading the Flash tv show started and then a week later they announced ezra miller playing the flash on screen and the cw imagine how pissed that's they rough. have to be okay yeah. so we're not here to get into all the issues we're you know and, and that's probably what bogged down some of these movies at the time was the comparisons to marvel you know the behind the scenes drama with everything these movies are not well liked is that fair to say? Yeah, pretty much. They're not to, super I'm not trying to rag on it because I like it. Critically well-received. Um, mm. This is maybe one of the higher entries. For the, it started okay. off, and it started off at like a, a C plus, a B minus maybe in like, you know, the cultural yeah. recollection. So this movie grossed $668 million worldwide. It was the ninth highest grossing film of 2013. Um, I don't have the tomato meter pulp pulled up you know just hearing it was the ninth highest grossing movie of that year one brings me back to a different era of movies where you're getting more than 10 movies in a year like that and two <laughs> that should tell you like everything uh, it, like if this is the ninth highest like superhero movies nowadays are you know top three uh, always yeah on rotten tomatoes the film has an approval rating of 56 percent oh that's that's a travesty that's, yeah this That's... movie's way better than 50. This movie is in the 80s, it, realistically. I could see 75 what? Plus. You love this movie more than I do. I, How is this I happening? Do. I love this movie. What? I love Henry Cavill. But this movie does have its flaws. Name one. We... Just, we'll, we'll get into them, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Well, for... <laughs> Wait, I'm so surprised that I just ended up having a higher rating of this movie than you. I... I... Upon my two rewatches of this, I think I've enjoyed it more and more each time. And so, well, okay, yeah, there are a couple problems now that I'm thinking on it. But <laughs> that is not, like, the fault of the movie. If it's a standalone movie, here's one. Jean Jones is supposed to be the general. And I was like, dude, I don't think you could that... be stepping in right now. You yeah. could be helping all of this. Yeah. Do you think that? was planned at that point or they hell no it was retroactively no. made that retroactive no there's no way because mm -hmm. there's zero hint i'm looking for it i'm that nerd mm -hmm. who's like oh is there any hint that he's the martian manhunter yeah. no there is not there is not um but it's okay because like i said it, it didn't it, i wasn't wasn't looking for that in this movie. This movie, like I said, is so much the essence of just Superman. And so before we get into it, uh, like Superman, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it, Superman your favorite superhero? I would say Batman probably is, but Superman is the superhero. He's the first superhero, yeah. okay. created the genre in 1938, Jerry Siegel, <laughs> Siegel Joe Schuster. Um, he's the template for everything yeah. that has come after. I think it's important to note about this movie, when it came out, it was essentially a standalone movie. This was following the Dark Knight movies. I think they contemplated having it be set in that universe, yes. but decided it wouldn't be. I, um, I think there was the talks DCEU of Christian. 
yeah, Christian Bale possibly. Yeah, so there was a weird it was a weird time for DC. Sorry, Dan, yeah. go ahead. Uh, no, but like the DCEU essentially was not a thing yet. And then Avengers came out in 2012, and I think that is where after this movie came out, they wanted to Warner Brothers wanted to catch up as quickly as possible and and that's where they have famously had misstep after misstep in that pursuit. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll save Batman vs. Superman for a different podcast, whether it's rushing or not. I I think we may disagree. But for Man of Steel, yes, I I think it's important you view this basically as a standalone. It was not planned to be a trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman to Justice League. Mm -hmm. Now, that is what it has become, and I think it's a beautiful entry point, though. You know what I mean? Looking back on it all... Like you said, Superman's the first superhero. Like, there's literally no better entry to the whole universe of the DCEU. And that's why I'm glad James Gunn is is doing the same, essentially. It's not the official first movie, but he's like, this is the starting point. They they get it. Thematically, it just it fits. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the cast a little bit. Should, yeah. Do we start with Henry? Do we start yeah. with... Let's, yeah. I think it's rude not... He... Or we could go in order of appearance. Well, <clears throat> I okay. wanted to ask you this, actually. What did you think about them starting on Krypton? I I, I love it because we've seen Krypton fleshed out more than we ever have before. Mm-hmm. I think this segment spun into like the Krypton show on sci-fi. Ooh. It created this whole world and backstory. I, I literally paused the past few times I've watched this movie. I've paused during the Krypton sequence just to see. It's tw- the first 20 minutes of this movie is Russell Crowe. Oh. As yeah. Jor-El, awesome casting, uh, yeah. and and General Zod, uh, Michael Shannon, and their Great whole debate. Too. And I really love how, like, the world building in it. Krypton is, there's so much more detail in it. There's flying winged beasts that, yeah, uh, that... <laughs> he goes, Harak, and then he, like, soothes this. He literally jumps off. It's a <laughs> wild sequence. And it's 20 minutes long. It's <laughs> Before we get into to the the meat of the story, we have mm-hmm. a twenty minute primer on Krypton, which is which is incredibly bold. Uh, what yeah. did you think of it? So I think it was extremely powerful having the very first scene literally be his his birth. Because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sound sacrilegious here, but in some regards, Superman is like Jesus. And so, like, it was, like, a very, like, I don't know why, especially on this last rewatch, I was like, this is such an, this is where it all starts, right Mm -hmm. here. You know what I mean? I was like, it's this moment. I will say the 20 minutes of it got me thinking. I enjoyed it, but I I bet a lot of, like, my aunt loves Superman. I guarantee when she sat down to watch this, she was pissed the first 20 minutes were, like, (laughs) she's like, where's where's Clark? You know what I mean? Like, so she's, like, a big Smallville fan. So I I guarantee, like, the yeah, the Kansas stuff she loved, but, you know, it's 30 minutes into the movie. So um, I'm wondering if, like, start with the birth scene and then maybe intersect some flashbacks, kind of like how the movie did. But mm-hmm. um, I agree. I actually loved the start of the downfall of Krypton because, like, that is what – it's the first domino in the whole series of events because without it, you know, there's the meta-human thing on Earth. It doesn't jumpstart any of – what we're about to in- see and enjoy as an audience. So I actually really liked Zack Snyder's sort of like reverence for the moment. 
And I think this is a thing that will carry through his entries in the DCEU. I think he's good at the religious or political allegory mm. of the Superman mythos. Yeah. I think where these movies struggle is adding the human element of it. It, it loses touch. And, and I think that's why some of these movies are divisive. Mm, um, interesting, but, because I, I feel like that's like what Superman – I feel like that's like the essence of Superman. And so I, I do pick up moments of it here. Like it is all about his humanity, growing up human. That's what makes mm-hmm. him different. That's what makes him actually like – that's the hero part of him if you think about it. You know what I mean? It's not the superpowers. It's his humanity because he – could literally destroy anyone that disagreed with him for any moment. It's it's the bully pushing him down on the ground and him grabbing the fence. And he's like, I wanted to hit him so bad. And his dad was like, I wanted you to hit him too for a moment. Like, that's yeah. just so human, so real. But they're both like the whole conversation. They don't say it, but they're like, you know, you can't though, right? Like, you can't. <laughs> yeah. And his dad goes, oh, it's so cute. His dad, jo- Jonathan Kent, what a fuck, saint. He goes, well, both dads. Ah, oh, that's. Okay, that's I love the two dad thing too. So, but mm-hmm. his dad goes, "Are you okay?" He goes, "You know I am." He goes, "No, like, are you okay?" Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent. How do you feel about him? He was great. I, 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 I don't think there's one person that was miscasted. Maybe the Law and Order special victim unit guy. Just kidding. He was fine. Chris, too. Chris Maloney. <laughs> yeah, was I'm just kidding. No, it's just just a random jab. He was fine. <laughs> no, I really, I, I don't think there was a single person that I was like, eh, they're not doing it for me. Like the, everyone mm-hmm. really filled their role. Maybe because I've seen so much of Martha, she was kind of uh, uh, unimpressive in me to me in this movie. But mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, this movie really was not about her. I think Kevin Costner does okay. I don't love the paranoia of Jonathan Kent. I get why. Huh? Why? Yeah. The, the You're harboring an alien and you wouldn't be paranoid that the government's going to come knocking on your door? I think it, it's excessive to the point where where Jonathan Kent doesn't feel like a relatable father figure in this movie. Him telling Clark not to to save those kids or like pushing okay. back yeah. or that himself was the, like the that's, worst was okay yeah him sacrifice self that's where Jonathan Kent rubs me the wrong way it's, it's like in our real modern day world he would for sure be like a QAnon guy like he's so his Stop. levels that of is, paranoia that's that ab- you know that is absolutely true dude. are you saying the Kents are Republican. I'm screaming, yeah. <laughs> Middle of Kansas. Think fuck, about it. They're in that Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Mm, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know it, dude. You know it's true. Um, but yeah, Kevin Costner does okay at it. But I think the way Jonathan Kent is portrayed in this movie or written in this movie, it it's just so hard to root for him as a father figure. I don't know. It's one of the things that whoa, 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 more. Wait, wait. I don't necessarily – this is from the view of Clark growing up. I don't think you're rooting for him. He's like the father who's like, you can't go to the party. He's like, Clark, you can't use your powers. Like, that's what dads do. He's just got a different set of problems with an alien son. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I, I just think it's one of the things that keeps this movie from really excelling and being okay. a knockout well, of the park like it should What be. does James Gunn need to change about Jonathan? More, you're just saying more humanity 
more more love. I, yeah, I guess in a way, and I don't know. I, I think just tonally, the shift is uh, needs to be a little more optimistic than Jonathan Kent's paranoia. Hmm. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, take it. I don't know. I okay. agree. I really like um, Jonathan. Okay, but yeah. that's fine. Let's um um we, we left Krypton very fast, kind of like mm-hmm. Clark in the jet. Um, let, what is it set up for? What Zod and uh, uh, Jor El are, are kind of what's going on here? Yeah, so I love that they flesh out the conflict on on Krypton. Um, you know, we know the bit about Krypton is is a dying planet. Jor-El's warned them. They didn't listen. Uh, and General Zod is trying to stage a coup to take over. But the, the part that I enjoy that they added to the mythology is this, like, Clark's natural birth. He's the first natural birth on Krypton in, in centuries. And they're normally birthed in these in the birthing chambers. It's like Matrix pods, essentially, where they're all created for a certain purpose, a certain job. Um, and so Clark being, the, or Kal-El being the first natural born uh, kid is sort of this like Jesus moment, like he is. immaculate w- conception. Yes, I was going to say um, the same thing. Zack Snyder, uh, he's doing a really good job. One thing, uh, sorry to detract from the point, but you just mentioned it. One thing Zack Snyder does really well is these are like such sci-fi stories where I feel mm-hmm. like Marvel sometimes loses that. But man, him and there's even like so much of it in Batman versus Superman. But the the comparisons to Jesus and Superman are so good because like that, it's just it's the natural thing that would happen if we found out there was one person on Earth who had these abilities. And so he doesn't shy away from it. Like I feel like some directors would be scared to piss off the the, the Christian the Christians. I love that addition. Everything you said about Krypton that Zack Snyder like added, I, I really love. Jor-El steals the Kryptonian Codex, whatever. It's the, essentially the MacGuffin that Zod is chasing this whole movie. Yeah. Um, and it's like the genetic code or something along those lines yeah. of the Kryptonian race. Uh, and he stows it away with Clark to be shot off to wherever, to Earth. And Zod, um, staging the coup, wants to preserve it wants to protect it, wants to keep the codex for himself so he can take it and, you know, keep the, the Kryptonian race going somewhere else. Uh, so that's where their conflict lies. So how do you feel about uh, Russell Crowe as Jor-El? Russell Crowe is a real one because y- you could be like, I die in the first 20 minutes, but like he saw the part for what it was. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I, yeah. like, it's just, it could have been a random no name, but they were like, nah. We're getting someone who can act their ass off, and that he mm-hmm. did. But I feel like and it is did. a pretty different role for him. Like, I, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I've seen a ton of Russell Crowe movies. Maybe I'm actually – I don't know. Thor, Love, and Thunder? No, I'm just kidding. Um, a Beautiful uh, Mind? Uh, nice Guys? Ah, uh, Nice Guys. Yeah, so it is a bit of a different role for him, but I, I think he killed it. I think he, he really – uh, in the beginning, he sells the panic. He's too paranoid as a father, as Evan would say. But he's like, I gotta get my son off planet at all costs. And so, yeah, he's. So I guess there is sort of the juxtaposition of Jarrell's optimism in humankind, and then Jonathan Kent's pessimism. I just maybe I'm thinking too much of Jonathan Kent from Smallville, and and, mm. and that's 
a relationship we get to see over like six to ten seasons seasons or something a billion seasons (laughs) but yeah i I really liked russell crowe the krypton segment was a movie like a little episode of tv in and of itself yeah which is great I I I do really like the risk of literally being well. It, it is part of the story, but like him just being like, no, this first chunk of the movie is all gonna be, like that is something I feel like not a ton of directors would really do. But Zack Snyder, he he he's different, man, and I appreciate it. He's not afraid to throw a funky pace in a movie, as we'll see with Batman vs Superman. But like pacing wise, that's like really that's like really bold. No, yeah, we never no, go back I to Krypton. Agree. I feel like yeah. it should have been flashbacks, like or Clark at one point in the middle getting flashbacks of everything that happened. But nah, he was like, no, this is the start of the story. <laughs> so once we leave Krypton, we first jump to Henry Cavill as Clark Kent. We get the on amazing sequence. Yeah. Well, he's like a vagabond yeah. traveler trying to stay hidden, and he's on a boat. But this sequence, I was adrenaline pumping. Like, he the, <laughs> literally, he hears a guy on the radio of the ship. They're like, what about the guys on the tanker? And they're like, leave them. They're dead. <laughs> he was like, no, I can't let this happen. And he goes and saves them. And when he, like, busts open the door and he himself is just on fire and all those men see him, that's literally like a, a, a coming to Jesus moment, right? Like they mm. were probably like, oh, God, please save me, God. Go to hell, me, God. And then Henry Cavill busts through the door. You're telling me you don't think that's God? Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's good. It's a great scene. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so there's the, the oil rig scene and then he falls into the water. This is one of those things where I think they did some retrofitting of of the greater DCEU narrative around the time of Justice League coming out the first time around. There were all these like screen rant headlines of like, Jason Momoa confirms a fan theory that it was Aquaman who saved Clark Kent after he falls off the oil rig, the exploding oil rig. I was like, yeah, fucking right. Uh, No, that was the fan theory. Some nerd said that and Zach was like, that's good. Tell him it's true. That's exactly what Zach was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. And this is one thing also is since the Snyderverse is so divisive, fans who like are strong fans of it can make me annoying. Super annoying. Yeah. But Henry Cavill is great in the role. He's the most Superman looking Superman we have ever had. Looks. Talk. The chin. Do you see this man's chin? I don't think I've ever seen a bigger chin on a man. There was a point where he we see his profile and I go, that's got to be CGI. Like, that <laughs> chin is too fucking big. It's like the crimson chin, dude. His chin is gorgeous. It's the first yeah. time in my life I've ever noticed something like that. I was like, oh, yeah. look at that chin. Also, apart from um, or d- different from the NCU, Clark Kent, the Vagabond, has a bunch of chest hair. Oh, yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah, wait. Real he, man's Does he man. lose that chest hair when he becomes Superman? He's... I don't know. I well, don't here's we the ever... problem. Ready for this? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big nerd. Would Superman actually be able to shave? Like, would the blade... In the in the comics, I think he uses his laser vision to clean up his chest hair. <laughs> Damn it. I need that scene now. Damn it. 
Can you imagine him laser, laser hair, hair removing <laughs> his chest? Imagine. All right, here's the scene. Batman comes into the Fortress of Solitude, and uh-huh. Superman is laying on a table, but his head is up, and he's using his laser vision to do his hair and he's got like the s carved in you know how like <laughs> you'll shave you'll do some weird style before you fully shave he's got like the uh, s carved into his chest hair and he's like uh it's batman's <laughs> like i didn't see anything he's batman's like i do it too <laughs> this episode is brought to you by manscaped um yeah uh but he he's built like a, a fucking greek god and <sighs> maybe this is because he's the first no well we had brandon routh who mm-hmm. was in a shitty movie a shitty Superman movie. But, like, this is why Henry Cavill holds, like, is my Superman. And maybe yeah. everyone says that about the actor that they have in their swath of movies when they come through. But And what I love about his portrayal is just the stoicness mm. with which he portrays Superman. And it's maybe a little more in, in, in Batman vs. Superman that we see that. But, yeah, he, Henry Cavill, phenomenal job. Gonna it, miss him in the role. I was gonna say... I've accepted now. It's been long enough that I I understand and accept we're getting a new Superman, but it, it is such a big loss. And the reason it's such a big loss is because they fucking teased us in Black Adam. <laughs> if they hadn't a te- we got over it once that we were never going to yeah. see him again. They teased it. And then like two months later, they were like, guys, he's not coming back. <laughs> Why the fuck would you do that to us? They made him leave his Witcher role on I, Netflix, which it blew him up in recent years. Like that, I, I, more people know him for that role probably than than Superman or equally as many, I would say. It's a shame because he's great at Geralt too. Like, I don't yeah. understand why he can't do both. That's okay. So yeah. I, this is about the time. What are your what are your issues with the movie? Why don't so, why don't you uh, put this in the yeah. B plus A minus range? Okay, first and foremost, a lot of the dialogue is just absolute absolute garbage. Mm. Like, do you terrible, have an example? Terrible, terrible trash. I've got two. Okay, please. The first and most pressing one. I remember thinking this when I first saw this in theaters. It's after the big battle. Clark Kent is floating Lois Lane down, and and they kiss, and she says. You know, they say it's all downhill after the first kiss. And he goes, I think that only applies if you're human. <laughs> right. I was like, are you serious? Someone got paid money to write that line? That uh, that line's so bad, I don't even remember it from watching 30 minutes ago. <laughs> no, it's fucking awful. And then I was watching it this time. Another great actor in this movie, Lawrence Fishburne. Morpheus. Um, he plays Perry White the editor of the daily planet. And when he's talking to Lois Lane about her reporting on, um, like the story he didn't want her to run about Clark, this mysterious alien figure, he goes, can you imagine what the people on this planet would think if they knew a person like this existed? No one talks like that, especially if you're a reporter, you, No one said re- refers to human beings as the people of this planet. <laughs> Maybe you do when aliens start getting brought into the equation. No, especially if you're not a fucking newspaper editor who's managing apparently a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. <laughs> just a lot of a lot of the Lois Lane, a lot of the Daily Planet stuff just does not work for me. Mm. I don't know. I get Amy you. Adams as the intrepid reporter, it was it was rough. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I can totally concede the fact that the Daily Planet stuff is the weakest parts of the movie. For me, 
It's like the Krypton. It's like Superman's abilities. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but the first one where it's not like all practical effects, I guess, if that makes sense with Superman. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of like really strong CGI. Like, I feel like Smallville had like yeah. CGI, but it was like shitty. Like, I can picture the sure. Flash running on like a really a blurred background from the <laughs> from that show. Like, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> worse than Ezra Miller's run. So, and he's like he's like I'll stay if you can catch me. And so you want to talk about bad writing. Take the Smallville up for, for so Okay, I um you know, there's probably some lines that are weaker, but I think like as a sci-fi superhero like throwdown, the Kryptonian fights are some of the best superhero sequences. Like I've seen. I agree. And this is what I was saying earlier is this movie shines in a lot of places, especially mm. with the flight sequences. Oh, I, like gorgeous. At that time, I think that was incredibly new. I don't think we had seen anything That's, like that. Yeah. Like, um, and, and so that was really refreshing. But, and, and the, the, the action scenes between the Kryptonians where they're just, just wailing on each other are awesome. And they're breaking but it, literally everything in their path. But it's in these quieter m- moments where the movie suffers, right? It's, it's like they get Zack Snyder can connect these bigger thematic elements th- like and, and themes throughout the movie. But it's like those quieter moments that make you connect with a character that that he's lacking in, and which, you know, puts this in like the C category for me. That's the strength of Superman. You, his humanity, like I said, is what makes mm-hmm. him the superhero yeah. it's what because it, it, you know he could be a, a wild tyrant but he's just mm-hmm. a simple farmer from kansas trying to do the right thing um i yeah. do love the sequence where they take him into custody after zod makes his cryptic announcement on earth she's like you let him cuff you why he's like if it makes him feel safer and then when he like gets annoyed with him he just like so yeah. casual it's like the 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 it's the first time i feel like i've like it's just so casual in the way they show us Superman's strengths and like him mm-hmm. as a child just grabbing the fence post. You look at it after and you're like, oh, whoa, like that's you know what I mean? That's quite the grip. And yeah. so <laughs> I really love the show. Don't tell of his his powers in that sense. Mm-hmm. I think this um, nailed, like I said, the the theme theme, most of the themes of Superman. Maybe we're missing some of the, the humanity, but I think some of that comes in, in the later ones, too. But. You know, we, yeah. we we can we'll cover those when we get into this. This is a standalone. Um, yeah. I got a question for you because you know I'm a nerd. What, what's the physics of Superman's flight? Like, I I've actually always pictured it until like I guess you know this movie that he is like so s- strong that if he just jumped, he you know what I mean? Like he's off as far as he needs to go essentially. But in this movie, he can like. And, you know, I guess I've seen it in other ones where he can float, like, just casually. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, or- originally, in the comics, his power was he could leap tall buildings in a single bound. In I've the heard Max, that. original Max Flesher cartoons, he, he just jumps. He doesn't actually fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that changed pretty early on, uh, maybe within even that cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Um, but... As far as the physics, I don't know. Maybe he's sh- shooting little puffs of air at his feet. Like, I don't know what the... I think it's maybe, like, he's just unbound by Earth's gravity. Oh, oh. As opposed to... Oh, I kind of like it if... Which, it, actually, if you, which that makes sense. Which physics still doesn't 
make doesn't. sense because then no, he would but, just keep floating. Up. No, no, no. He's tethering himself to the earth. Like he's got that okay. much control. But yeah. I think that's actually probably the best way to put it is he's never being affected by Earth's gravity. Because I was like looking, I was like, where's the propulsion? But you're right. If he's just not bound by Earth's gravity at all. Um, yeah. Oh, man. And I just love like the scene of him in school where his senses and powers are like overloading him. And then later when Michael Shannon's weird mm -hmm. Earth suit uh, astronaut shit thing comes ripped off and he's experiencing the same thing and it's like overwhelming for him i really like that i don't know if that's always with superman but i really like mm -hmm. that he you know literally him being on earth this whole time is what has attuned him otherwise he'd be like ah. yeah and i think to the filmmaker's credit is like they get a lot of those nuances of superman down mm -hmm. and they, again it's just like some of those smaller moments where it suffers one of the things, one of my, one of my problems, it's not even a specific, it's literally a plot loophole. After they come back down from the Kryptonian ship, when they're up there and Lois ejects the escape pod, crash lands in a cornfield and, and Clark helps her, she gets picked up on the side of the road by, by a cop. And then later on, he's at the Kent farm. Lois gets dropped off there by, by the police officer, runs up to Superman and says, Clark! Like, she didn't just reveal this man's identity to that police officer in Kansas. <laughs> it's bad. It's pretty bad. It's, She's it's, new to it's all pretty this, glaring though. omission. <laughs> like She's in, new. And in that like cop scene was so... construction. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, just, you're telling me that cop doesn't know that he drove to the Kent residence? Yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's a good Superman. point. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I was ready to fight whatever you said, but I don't think I could argue that one. <laughs> um... Well, uh, uh, no, I, I don't have anything. That's a good point. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know where to take it from here. Uh, do you like Amy Adams as uh, 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 Lois? No, and and what? it's a shame because I really like Amy Adams as an actress. Um, I thought they have so much chemistry the way they look at each other and want to have babies with each other. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Maybe it's because I love her. I, I thought she did great, though. I don't know. I... I mm -hmm. I thought I she think was it a, comes down to, to uh, how she was written. Okay, I thought she was a like different take on Lois, which uh, you know, not the same, but I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah, I think they just again, and it's probably because they didn't write any of the Daily Planet stuff well. <laughs> yeah, and the Daily Planet stuff was the it was the weakest like her, stuff here. Her first scene getting to the Arctic base, she's like, "Are we done measuring dicks here?" And then like <laughs> two minutes later, she's like, "What if I have to tinkle?" Okay. I <laughs> That was bad. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> I think part of the problem is when Superman was written, he worked at a newspaper. But like they joke nowadays, Lawrence Fishburne's like, no one reads newspapers anymore. Like it totally yeah. changes the landscape and the profession yeah. of what they're actually doing. Back in the day, I don't, this is not a slight at anyone that works <laughs> at a newspaper. But like back in the day, a newspaper was kind of like a respectable job. But nowadays, I feel like it's more like a salacious, like, get the headline. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, there's no way in 2013 <laughs> your editor is not saying, yes, print the alien story you have, like, definitive proof on. Ten things Superman yeah. loves. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it more or less if they were if they were more like that? If they were a BuzzFeed? More, yeah. Because it would be more fitting. You know, they um, try to do that with Lex in the next one. They're like, oh, he's like a Silicon Valley, like, tech billionaire guy. It works in some aspects, but not others. So, yeah. Th yeah, this movie works as, like, a, a sci-fi first encounter type movie. Yeah. Um, as, yes. like, a, a Superman 
or as a comic book movie or anything else, it falters, mm. uh, in my opinion. And I think that's why it's really divisive. That's fair. Um, we don't have to go beat for beat with the plot, but... No, I mean... I mean talk about the climax. Please. The so, final battle with, with Zod. The, the battle, essentially, the whole time is uh, Kal-El has the, the, the DNA code in him now. So he's mm-hmm. he's the MacGuffin himself. So they need to get him off world. Michael Shannon's basically like, we're going to kill everyone on this planet. We're going to terraform it. We're going to make a new Krypton. And Clark says, no, he says Krypton had its chance, which um, I feel back in 2013. I was like, oh, I didn't like that line, but I, I do like it now because. Clark's not a Kryptonian at the end of the day. As much as he's like, I want to, as much I want to find my birth parents. I want to know where I come from. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the movie is him realizing I'm not a Kryptonian. I, I am an Earthling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I really, I really liked him. Literally screaming, he's like, Kryptonian. It's just loved it. So the, the, I mean, they're just destroying Metropolis. We need to do some investigating because I think in Batman vs Superman, Metropolis is totally fixed. We need to see the time gap there because <laughs> I was like, this place is decimated. What was the government spent there? <laughs> um, oh, and you I, know well, what? Actually, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, there is a whole area cleared, and there's also a mm, giant ship. I think this is one of the reasons why this movie was divisive was just like the wanton destruction of Metropolis. And like I loved which, it. yeah, I I agree. I loved it, but it led like that criticism, that backlash led to lines in Batman vs Superman where uh, you get guys in the in the government satellite tracker saying they're on Rikers Island. Oh, it's empty. <laughs> like, like dumb line. <laughs> they're they're in the the office district. Oh, it's after five p.m. Nobody's there. <laughs> like. <laughs> A to B. Like, that's why those lines are in those okay. movies. I can, uh, I'll give you that one, too. That's pretty, I, I can see the through line, as you're, as you're saying. Um, I don't know, I really response. liked it because, I mean, not to be pessimistic, but is this not what an alien encounter would be like? Oh, man. And I just love Zod being like, he's been amongst you for quite some time. I don't know why he hasn't come forward. Like, Zod can't comprehend, like, <laughs> him just living a life there. And, um, I, you know, that's part Well, I, me making a joke. That's part of what's so great, though, is literally their different ideologies. Like, they're clashing. Yeah. Like, Zod can't comprehend why... KLL would not want to turn this into Krypton. You know what I mean? Because, well, and, and you know, he's genetically made for that purpose to preserve and protect the Kryptonian race. KLL so was a not on a mission. genetically exactly. designed, though. He was a natural birth, and it goes back mm-hmm. into that hope of you. You, your destiny is not pre-planned in your DNA, Clark. You, you were mm-hmm. born of natural means. You can be whatever you want to be. Ah. I'm moving my grading up. I was like, this is now no longer in the 80s. We're going to the 90s. Yeah. Like Michael Shannon in this role is fucking let's, phenomenal. Let's talk about it because so, he might be the strongest performance oh, in this movie. <laughs> I, you beat me to it. I was going to say this man made the stakes everything they were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was so convincing. And just to get into so the Flash trailer came out. We're mm-hmm. going to see Michael Shannon as General Zod again. I'm so happy this Snyderverse started with a General Zod invasion and, and is going to 
close with the general Zod invasion. It is like actually yeah. such a poetic bookend in my that I, I never would have thought of. You know what I mean? And he did it all with probably the most atrocious haircut oh. in the facial hair of all time. <laughs> he was like, what does a Kryptonian haircut look like? He was like, fuck me up. Bowl, bowl cut so Like, why not buzz? You're so close to buzzing it, dude. Just buzz. It looks like he's supposed to be like it's Julius gonna... Caesar. Like, I don't even know. Maybe that's it. It's like the Julius Caesar, Mark Zuckerberg thing going on <laughs> up top. Oh man, his haircut is awful, but he is—he's so compelling in this like role. He—he's mm-hmm. scary. He's threatening, and oh man, when he like finally at the end like loses his armor, and he's like, "I'm gonna mm-hmm. take you on your own terms now." He's like, "I'm used to this." Hey, oh, he's like, "I trained from birth to be a fighter." He's like, "You grew up on a farm." I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" And that, so yeah, when he drops his whole great. thing, and he's literally in like a kind of black superman suit ish without a cape and they're punching mm-hmm. the shit out of each other in the air all i could think was man how jealous is Dwayne the rock right now if he's watching this like he's <laughs> like that was supposed to be me that final do- uh monologue he gives just before shedding the armor where he's like my sole purpose was <sighs> this and you took that away from me yeah again strongest performance in the movie definitely goes to michael shannon mm-hmm. Just to get to the, the, the climax here, since we are sort of wrapping up, but like when they're in the museum and Zod was like, if you love these people so much, you'll mourn them. And Zod's like, I'm just going to kill strangers. To, and Clark's like, stop, don't do it. And this is the first time Superman takes a life and he twists Zod's neck. And it's such a powerful scene because his eyes are still glowing and they as they slowly unglow as, as the mm-hmm. life of Whoa! It, because and I love once again. It's not this show, or it's a show, not a tell of Superman's. Like I'm not going to kill people. Rule. You know what I mean? Just like how hard that was. It comes from somewhere. Oh, yeah, it's one of the strongest moments I think in his in Zack Snyder's trilogy is him yeah. snapping Zod's neck. I love that moment. Unfortunately, it's a reason why this movie was divisive. I get what he was going for. It's like. Superman, everyone's like, Superman doesn't kill us. But and Zack Snyder's saying that this is comes why. from somewhere. That, yeah, yeah. This, this is why. Just left a bad taste in, in, in maybe a casual viewer's mouth. Oh, but that was, but I think it was supposed to catch you off guard a little. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Zod literally says, this only ends if you or I die. <laughs> like, he says that at one point in the fight. And I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. It, he's right. <laughs> Looking back at it now, it I, like, I love that scene. But it's also, in that moment... You also see Henry Cavill kill the DCEU. Like, in that moment... What do you mean? Everything that came after... Because it was so divisive. Oh, that, you that think moment, that was... Their back was against the ropes for the the next decade of movies. <laughs> that was the domino that started the struggle, if that we're talking about... That was the about... domino. It, absolutely. Okay. Interesting. You think that was... The, I, I'm trying to trace it here. So, I mean, think about it, though. Does he forget... <laughs> He, he jumps into his next movie and he's like, okay, Batman kills people now. <laughs> like another person who famously is like, no killing, no guns. He's like, nah, Batman does this now. <laughs> he didn't yeah. learn his lesson. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, this one I don't, I didn't have any issue with, but I, I did have a problem with Batman randomly shooting people, like exploding cars. And I was like, oh, there's a dude in there. <laughs> Zack Snyder was perhaps a little bit of a, a kid in a candy store. 
um, achieved great things with these characters, but sometimes maybe got a little lost in the action figure. Like, oh, and then he does this, and then he does that, and it's really cool. And then he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I think part of that is that DC at the time didn't have their James Gunn or their Kevin Feige. Like, Zach was both director. Zach was supposed to be that. Yeah, well, yeah, but they never, I feel like they never like bestowed that title upon him. They were just like, you're going to direct these movies. And so, yes, the responsibility fell to him, but like there was uh, probably not as much oversight as there should have been. Because I feel like famously, then later these movies, um, he shoots them and then they get to the editing booth and, and WB and they're like, you need to change almost everything about this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone wasn't watching the day. Yeah, he was like an unattended kid in the candy yeah. store. And they're like, whoa, 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 you bought $45 of, of Twizzlers? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and again, that goes back to like they weren't intended. This was, you know, a standalone movie for all intents and purposes at the time. And then retroactively, they treated it as the starting point of the DCEU. Mm-hmm informally gave that role of overseer to Zack Snyder. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't particularly love what <laughs> they didn't he was, love what he was came to the them. table with. <laughs> um okay. What a horrible like, situation to as, be. As, as as much as I'm knocking this movie now, I I love this movie. I loved you? this movie when it came out. Yes. I remember for a fact tweeting this very bold statement when this movie came out. Oh. Because this was after Dark Knight Returns. And oh. Even as divisive as it was, I said, I love what Zack Snyder is doing. If they play their cards right, this could be Pixar versus DreamWorks. Mm. As far as DC versus Marvel movies, if they play their cards right, they no. did not. <laughs> like, they had a great Because I thought the direction was it was going to go was DC was going to give a lot of creative control to the directors uh, and like you would see these really artful takes and really unique takes that are not as concerned with continuity and how they tie in. Um, and then obviously would you say they followed it up well with Wonder Woman? I think it, like Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad. I know Suicide Squad is, is uh divisive. Man, are all these movies? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman might be the most praised. Wonder Woman is the most well-received movie by far. Yeah. Wasn't it up for some Oscars? I don't know. Don't quiz Maybe me there. Um, okay, um, let, I want to. I want to wrap this up here with some closing thoughts. But I do have a question for you. Now, I I think part of what makes Superman great is uh, when he does meet up with Batman. Is sort of like the duality of the of the hero uh, uh, mindset landscape, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. My question for you of the of the two dudes i'm picturing are are you like the batman of two dudes and i'm like the superman would you say that's accurate uh, i'll give you I my reason know. what do you what do you think your face says no i i i, I don't see either of us as either of us or if you? anything we we both lean more superman okay uh, uh, let me let me let me give you my my so both inspire each other they help each other out but i i picture you as like the man with the gadgets and the tech. Uh, I'm picturing like editing everything behind, me. and I'm like the I'm like the cheerleader waving the red flag. Like we can do this. We got this. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Like nothing's in, in gonna that way, uh, yes. together. Nothing can <laughs> stop us. You know what I mean? That's what I was going for. I agree. Okay. I, I like that. You um, hate her. 
<laughs> I just I didn't know where you were You're like, we're actually both Green Lantern, if you yeah. think about it. I'm like, I'm going for a metaphor like, here. You, especially Batflick, like the murderous Batman. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. I'm not seeing any spent, like in general, their, their, their yeah, relationship yeah. as a whole. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, in it's not like Marvel has done. Like, I think that's what great is. The Superman-Batman dynamic is ye- decades old. But, like, the comparison would be, like, Iron Man and, and, and Captain America. Maybe that's a perfect example, is, like, Civil War, one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Same. You get these cool comic book moments, like the fight between Iron Man, Bucky, and Cap at the very end. Mm-hmm. And they have the benefit of a lot, a lot of movies in between. But, like, the relationships are there, like, the stakes are there. And that's just something that Zack Snyder could not a- achieve with the dialogue and, and the writing. In trying to bank on the legacy of these characters, you know what I mean? And I yeah. think I, I allow it some leniency because, like I said, these two have been beefing for, for decades now. This is not like a new concept. Mm-hmm. They beef and then they're best friends. So you're you're saying your impression of Man of Steel, you're in the 90s now. Uh, no, I'll, I'll stay to the Final, 80s. Well, I, I, okay. I'll, I'm going to yeah. stick to the 80s. I was being a little exaggeratory. I, I think upon rewatch, I think I could say this is my favorite DCEU movie. Wow. Okay. The only contender would be Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I think being four hours is, is a bit of a knock. If I'm going to knock it <laughs> on Avatar, I think I got to be a little consistent. Um, it's up. It's definitely up there for me. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Fuck. I love Batman vs. Superman. I'm a Batman vs. Superman so apologist. I like really yeah. love that movie. The people don't know and, yet. I love that movie that'll more than... Be, that'll be next on our I know. DCE eulogy. I, now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, especially the especially the extended cut, the, the director's yeah. cut. We're, we're going to watch the Ultimate Edition. Fuck yeah, we are. This is yeah. tough. I'm going to have recency bias. We're going to finish every movie in the DCEU and I'll be like, this is my favorite DCEU movie. Yeah. The, <laughs> This gave me a lot of optimism about the DCEU. I loved it then. I still love it now. Um, you know, I, I find more flaws with it as time goes on, but I'll always leave it on. My closing thoughts on this is a, a lot of people are like, Snyderverse versus Gunverse, what's going to... This actually got me very excited for for what James Gunn is, is about to bring to us and, and move forward. Mm-hmm. It, I'll, I won't lie. It got me excited for the Flash movie. Seeing Michael Shannon come back and just the whatever's going to happen. Michael Keaton's in it. Like I, it got me excited for it. I'm not going to lie. You know who else is excited for the Flash movie? <laughs> yes, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> just to fill in everyone, there was a tweet where Tom Cruise asked David Zaslav, "Hey, can I watch the Flash?" He said, "Yeah," and. Tom Cruise responded saying, these are the type of movies we need to be making right now. And we all know Tom Cruise famously saved cinema, so it's got his seal of approval. Yeah. Uh, why was he in... I feel like someone set him up. I don't understand him I feel being... like there... What level of actor do you think you need to be to be like, hey, can I watch this unreleased movie? That's a foreign concept to me. I'm uh, like I'm starting a conspiracy Tom that Tom's trying to convert Ezra to uh, Scientology. <laughs> that, oh, this I is the first the first seeds here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, yeah. Overall, though, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with my <sighs> in the 80s. Yeah. Like, I'll give it an 82. If I, Rotten Tomatoes, I think 82 feels right to me. I, I'm shocked to hear it's in the 50s. Okay. Yeah, I would say this is 75. percent I could, I could yeah. accept that. 
Um, I don't like it, but I'll accept it. Is there any other DCU news? At the... No. Okay. James Gunn's okay, directing well, the new Superman movie. That has been announced. Um, which I'm excited for. And, I trust uh, him. I do. I trust him. He's, I think he's proven himself. I, I just think that's the biggest thing is like he's proven himself at this point. Like just, just trust that he knows what he's doing. He will be a good steward of these properties. I saw a tweet uh, that which... was like, it's weird this man's hair was totally brown two years ago. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I looked it up and it was. Just stressing about how the, the DCEU was falling apart. And he's like, David Zaslav, I've got to do this. He's getting nightmares of Zack Snyder. <laughs> he replaced our timeline, James Gunn, with nightmare sequence James Gunn. James Gunn can't uh, stop writing that Bruce Wayne knocks up Lois Lane. He's like, no, it doesn't make sense. I can't. Why is it keep coming back to this? Um, yeah, for for all of our our mourning of <laughs> of the Snyderverse, I'm glad that didn't pan out. That That's shit was the absolutely batshit crazy. That that would have lost me. Like you know, if you're talking about yeah. moments that lose people, there's the head snap. There's the Batman killing people. There's Martha. For me, it literally would have been like, nope. Nope. Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane. No, no. Yeah. If you don't keep up with the news, this was was a, a while ago, but Zack Snyder had posted pictures of these whiteboards where he had written out what would have been Justice League parts two, two and three. Was three. it a three? Yeah, so it was supposed to be like... Jesus fuck. Yeah, it's going to be Justice League one, two, and three. And we saw Justice League yeah. one, essentially. And they would have like fleshed out the nightmare sequence more. Well, I think and that's where reason... it was leading, was that what three would end up being the nightmare sequence. And it got uh, there because Bruce Wayne knocked up Lois Lane and pissed off Superman. Which yeah. I don't understand because he's alive again. Like, if Bruce was... Or like, if, it would make a little sense if it happened while Bruce... Or, excuse me, while Clark was dead. But he's back. Mm -hmm. He's alive. Like, what's going on there? I don't know. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> Maybe it's all for the best. Someone <laughs> ran back in time after seeing it in theaters. It was like, we're James not Gunn. letting this happen. James Gunn. He's from the future. That's why he yeah. loves the Flash movie so much. He's like, oh, this is literally what happened. There's like two people who understand what we're laughing about right now. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining yeah. us on our fucking special episode. We're going to do more of these randomly. Sign us yeah. off, Evan, please. I don't even know. Yeah. Next up would be Batman vs. Superman. We're going to watch the <laughs> Ultimate Edition. Yeah. Um, it's probably an extra 30 minutes, uh, but it really, it's a crucial 30 it's minutes. It's a crucial 30 to, minutes. To framing the rest it's of not a 30 minute the, scene. The it's several one to two minute things that make a lot more sense. <laughs> uh, but that will do it for this episode of DC Eulogy. We will catch you next time. Bye. So do